Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Our daughter, when she was seven, said one day, why does our house always smell like a skunk? <laughs> get out. We looked at each other and went, oh, I guess we better not smoke in the basement anymore. <laughs> that is so funny. This is the Canna Mom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Canna Mom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Canna Mom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. I'm Joyce Gerber, and we continue our mission of crushing that stigma around cannabis and caregivers one canna story at a time. So Dave, yesterday was election day. I'm exhausted. Yes. Happy election day. <laughs> As we've talked about on this podcast many times before, you are one of the brave individuals that counts the ballots. So get it right, Joyce. I managed the entire system, Dave. I managed an entire polling station. It's a, it's a long day, but, you know, democracy is participatory, so join in. That's right. <laughs> it's not the best system. It's just better than all the rest. Exactly. That's what my dad used to say. And we do have some good Canada news policy work out in Ohio, Dave. It's the 24th state to approve adult use. All right. Hey. <laughs> state by state, bit by bit, getting it done. Although I got to say, this is kind of off topic, but I, I love the hypocrisy of the Republicans for like a thousand years. I've been like, no, abortion has to be a state right, a state right. That, we're not really opposed to abortion. We just want it to be a state right. And now all the states are like, yeah, we want safe abortion. Yeah. And they're like, they don't understand the issue. I think we need to reframe it. Like legitimately. Yeah. I heard that last night. Move the goalposts. Yeah. There was a good piece on John Oliver's show recently about 
how traumatic and sometimes near impossible it is for people to from states that don't have abortion to travel out of state. It sounds simple, but if you're in Texas, it's like an eight-hour ride, and then a lot of the abortion clinics are backed up. It's almost impossible to get an appointment in some of these places. It's Sadly, it's kind of a nightmare. Well, this is my theory. They're reframing it. The people who put this forward in Ohio were women doctors, women who can, like like Hillary says, we got to do it ourselves, and some good men are coming along. So they put this forward. They saw how traumatic it was for their clients. I mean, I didn't really even understand what was going on in Ohio, but the, it's a health care. This is our bodies. <laughs> if we pass the ERA like Ms. Kindness wants to from last week, maybe this issue will go away because women will be people and we can control our bodies and politicians can't tell us what to do. So there you, you want to be people. You want to be people. <laughs> you want everything. <laughs> All yeah, right. It's yeah. absurd. Insanity. All right. But that's good cannabis news. And then and it's actually good women's news, too, because now Ohio's got they're putting it in their constitution. That's pretty extreme. But go for it, man. Health for women is a right because our people. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, it's really. And it's a reframing of what you're talking about. If you just talk about whatever, I don't want to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> OK, we're going to talk about something even worse. Oh, no, not worse. But I do have some international cannabis news next week. We will be speaking with a survivor of near Oz. One of the kibbutz in Israel that was attacked and where hostages were actually taken. Her name is Yal Marcus and her partner, her and her partner work in the cannabis industry. She's a marketer. He's a master grower. And we're going to be talking about the survivors and hostages and what the cannabis community can do to help because this is helpful. Um, Israel and cannabis obviously have a very strong tie. We'll be highlighting that many members of that community work to provide medical cannabis and this is really about kibbutz. People don't even know what a kibbutz is, communal, spiritual, all the things that people say they love about cannabis. Like this is really encapsulated in that story, I hope. And people, maybe they'll find out what a kibbutz is because I was surprised. People don't know. <laughs> really? I thought everyone knows what a kibbutz is. But nonetheless, so you found these folks just through your cannabis channels? or They found me, yep. Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> no, that's terrific. I know that this is Israel thing, like a lot of people for you has, has weighed pretty heavily. And so this is a, that's a really cool way of doing your small part from the cannabis world to, yeah. to do some good. And I, I've talked about this before. Israel really handles this very differently than the United States. This is a medicine. They give it to their residents in the nursing homes. You can pick it up at a pharmacy. They massive, I, Maybe America should have gone this way. Maybe we should have brought doctors and nurses on board. But mm -hmm. we didn't. We turned into a business first, and now here we are. But Israel, this is medical cannabis. This is talking about... Again, this is a very, this whole region is so, I don't want to say damaged, but they're so traumatized. Mm -hmm. I, I'm course. an American Jew and I'm traumatized. I'm not even near it. Mm -hmm. So this is just one more piece of the, the solution, I think, cannabis and medical. And we're going to talk to people who are really there. So stay tuned. Cannabis knows no hate. As you say, it's a plant. So therefore, it's not Jewish and it's not Christian and it's not anything. It's a med it's medicine. It's, and she's a caregiver. Again, she's a caregiver and we're trying to take care of each other. So that's the that's the mission. All right. That's my little international news. And today, before we begin, I do have a special segment guest, Beth Matho of North Atlantic Seed Company. She's up in Maine. She has a great caregiver story, but she's here today to help us understand where our cannabis seeds come from how feminized seeds exist. I am going to try to grow my own this year. Again, I got some seeds from her company. Mm. We're going to talk about it. I'm excited. I did it last year. It was marginally okay, but now I have a new... It's Every time you make a mistake, you learn and move forward. So that's where I am yes. in my little horticultural journey. I always say I can't grow anything but kids, but I'm working <laughs> on it. 
Well, it's just like how many times it took you to learn how to roll a joint. I still don't know how to, but so unsurprising that it takes time five to years. learn how to it grow the It took me five years, seat. so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a very well-educated woman. Apparently, this is not in my skill set, but I can mm. do it now. I'm so proud of me. All right. We do have two guests, so we should get moving. I do have a culture corner. I went out this Friday night. Here we go. The culture corner. Mm-hmm. I am going to recommend a movie, Priscilla, directed by Sofia Coppola, portrays Priscilla Presley from the age of 14 to 24. Did you know she met Elvis when she was 14? I didn't know that off the top of my head, but yeah, it, it was weird. You'd it, like to see, it, was, it must have been a rock and roll thing, like Jerry Lee Lewis married his cousin. She was 14, I think. But yes. And this is good. good <laughs> so you saw this. My, my son and I are actually going to see it next weekend. I think it's a good story. There's no Elvis music in there. Apparently, they wouldn't let her use it. It's a little bit wow. sad in some ways because she was a young girl, very young. And I mean, I don't like to use this, I guess. She's kind of groomed. Like he found her and he created this person that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And that she left at 24 is kind of astounding, actually. But she wrote her book, Elvis and Me. It's I, I'm not an Elvis fan. My mother was not an Elvis fan. I wasn't like an Elvis person at all in any way, shape, or form. But everybody knows them. They're such a famous couple. They're so iconic in oh, how yeah. they look. I've been to Graceland a couple times. And if, if you're ever down that part of the country, it's a great take. It's fascinating. They've turned it into a real kind of attraction. And yes, maybe it's silly that Americans are so fascinated by couples like Priscilla and Elvis. But kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I go to Tennessee all the time now. I'm a Tennessee mom. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's like 90 minutes from Nashville to Memphis. I've made that trip. It's not too bad. All right, <laughs> someday. All right, Elvis, <laughs> Priscilla, the movie, again, another feminine forward story from the eyes of the million Elvis stories out there. And this is really from the eyes of a young, she's a young girl kind of going mm. through this world and what it was like. And, you know, during their teenage years when all you want to do is belong and Elvis Presley wants you to belong, it's mind-boggling, mm. right? Yeah, Sofia Coppola is a good person to direct it because she was born into fame and born into the entertainment world, and uh, she's a great director. It's good to hear she's still at it. Yeah, and yeah, so she talks about that a little bit, a little bit of the parallel. She can't imagine being like married to somebody, but you know, her father was so famous, and she could see how they were different people mm. and how people reacted to them. That's the thing, how people were like, I don't know, to watch, see your father who like at home is like asleep on the couch watching TV or whatever yeah, out in the right. world and people are all like, like they think he's some kind of God. It must be, a, it's an interesting way to live. For sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about our guests because we aren't God, but we do tell very good stories, Dave. And that is why people come to us, right? You're here. Here, here. here. Uh, music and stories. All right. So today's guest, today's guest is the CMO of the Drinkable Company, creators of cannabis infused cold brew, fresh tea, and handcrafted sodas available in Massachusetts and Maine. Our guest began her creative marketing career in New York City and then spent a decade working as an associate creative director at Swardlick Marketing in Portland, Maine. In 2016, she became creative director at White Rock Distilleries, where she led the team that supported the alcohol industry. But now she's transitioning her marketing powers and prowess into cannabis. Uh, She is here today to talk about the beverages being created by the drinkable company, what it was like to transition from alcohol to cannabis, and how she's found her way to incorporate cannabis into her own life. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Kate Thomas, CMO of The Drinkable Company. Welcome. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us. All right. Let's just talk. Let's just start about the drinkable company. That's how I met you. That's how I was introduced. Can you just go like a brief interview about what the founders and the kind of beverages you're making and what their hope, their impact they're hoping to make in this industry? Sure. The company was founded by some veterans in the beverage industry. Mark Mahoney had has grown several brands to success, including Powell and Mahoney drink mixers. He also is heavily involved with Atomic Coffee Roasters and and several other businesses as well. And our other founder, Lee Brody, is a seasoned veteran in the beverage business. He's done a lot with some large tea brands, and he continues to work with with emerging brands in that area. And are they in Massachusetts? Where are the guys? Yeah, they're in Massachusetts. Actually, Lee is in Pennsylvania. Okay. And so what was their idea to connect? And I love the idea of beverages. I think they're very accessible. Obviously, this cannabis plant, all the cannabinoids, the terpenes, all the things going together, really working towards health and wellness. That's what we talk about. But how did they decide that beverages are something they wanted to do? And really, what was their interest? How did they pivot into cannabis? I think one one of the reasons was there was room in the in the market. Edibles has been very widespread for a while and and beverages were just sort of coming on the scene. It's a whole new space and to have beverages. Kind of, kind of back so when did they start? When did they start deciding that this is what they wanted to do? What year? Let's see. I believe it was twenty twenty. Oh, okay. So the pandemic, yeah. this is pretty, the pandemic idea. Recent. <laughs> well, the ideas, the ideas may have started earlier, but it really sort of started to gel 2020, 2021. Okay. And then it, it really, we didn't really launch until this past July. And, all right. So they had an idea for beverages. What did they know about cannabis? Were they involved with it or growing it or using uh, it? Or? Not, not so much involved with it, but everybody who's involved in this business has come to it kind of with personal stories of health health reasons or I personally get migraines and I find if I have two two or more alcoholic beverages most likely will have a headache or or a full-blown migraine and I just wanted want we all want something that helps us relax and be social and social drinking is is such the norm in this country. Yeah, why don't we, can we just, let's talk about that. So I yeah. talk a lot about, I am a woman of a certain age. Like I drank, it was accepted. Can a wine mom, could wear it proudly. I could yell across my office. I'm going to be drinking tonight. People would be like, of course you are. It was just normal, right? <laughs> yeah, <Just> normal. exactly. <laughs> uh, if I said I was going to light up a joint, that wasn't really part of my social circle. And right. now I know the flip is actually true. Alcohol is literally poison. It's poison. Yeah, it's like it bad for us. Poison. And there's an alternative to help us feel, like you said, relaxed and social and comfortable in our bodies a lot of times. So what was that transition for you? What did you think alcohol was maybe? Or when you were working in the alcohol industry, could you see some of the dangers? Or did you understand what cannabis was at that time? And did you see the benefit? Or where were you at that space when you were working yeah, in well, alcohol? Yeah, well, I, like a lot of people, smoked pot in college. So I was I was aware of of what it could do. But then it just sort of as you got older and had a career, it was more of an underground thing. My husband and I, who met in college, still smoked pot once in a while, but we didn't, didn't it wasn't it. something we advertised. We didn't put on social media. 
Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and in certain company, you don't, you might be friends with people and you're not sure they approve right. or, or what. And so it kind of was underground and then we had kids and hid it from the kids and, yeah. and um, the typical, I think women, I mean, of our generation, that's kind of how it was. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we, let's go back to the, the, the products you're making. So the drinkable company they're launching this year, I kind of mentioned them, but can you, can you kind of do an overview of what the beverages are and sure. what they taste like and how you develop them or why, if this is like something that they're seeing that people are asking in the market, are you putting them out there and finding they're really wanted? Cause there are a lot of sodas. I mean, more like sparkling some, but there, you have some different products. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are a lot of seltzers, seltzers um, yeah. out there and a lot of sodas. We did launch with a soda called Swivel. Mm-hmm. And we have cola, diet cola, orange, and root beer. And and we also have a tea line called Tiger Tea. And we are actually pivoting that brand. Right, right now, it exists in two flavors. It's five milligrams of THC. All of our products are five milligrams of THC. Do they have, um, do they have other cannabinoids in them as well, or just the THC? Well... I'll get to that in just okay. a second. The, the tiger tea, the original tiger tea was two flavors, five milligrams THC, nothing extra, was made with green tea, natural flavors. Now we're switching it up to be a functional beverage. So we've got three SKUs on that product line, and one is called Chill, and that's five milligrams of THC five milligrams of CBD. Then the other one is called sleep and that's five milligrams of THC and five milligrams of CBN. So they're um, like, they're like the gummies, the, but you're using yeah. it in a beverage form. So are these, so these are teas, are these like, teas? Yep. Do, green they, tea. they, do they have anything else in them or? They, they, they are flavored and they're sweetened naturally. The chill flavor is we have a strawberry acai, and then we have the energy flavor. So the energy has got ca- extra caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. So it's THC plus caffeine. So all, oh, so these are all like cans of soda? Are these yep, powders? Yep. Okay. They're, they're like cans. They're the, the sleek cans, tall, sleek cans. And the energy one, did I say 100 milligrams of caffeine in addition mm-hmm. to the THC? And that is wildberry hibiscus flavored. And then the sleep version, which has the CBN as well as the THC, is chamomile flavored. And they're all lightly sweetened, really good flavors. We've got a a really good emulsion that we use now that you can't taste. So you wouldn't you wouldn't know that these were THC beverages if you That's were like, tasting them blindly. They're, they're coming a long way. Uh, all right, those yeah. are interesting. Okay, um, I gotta shift up a little bit. So. I know that your doc, your father's a doctor, right? Yes. Yeah. So can I, I do have a couple more products, but we oh, you can... do? Okay. I thought you were yeah. done. Okay. So yeah. I keep going with the products. Right. We keep. I going. haven't done all my research. I'm like, um, it's okay. Yeah. We have Zenith Cold Brew. All right. I knew about that. Um, yeah, that's yep. true. Yep. Zenith Cold Brew, which is a really great tasting cold brew. We just this fall have for a limited time only. We have Zenith Nitro Pumpkin Spice Cold Brew. <laughs> Um, which was very popular. So then we launched it and immediately stores were, were carrying it. So, so how, that, many, how many milligrams, how many uh, milligrams 
of of THC in those? Is there Five. caffeine to those two? I mean, how much caffeine yeah. is in those? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's, oh, it's are, same yeah. caffeine as in a in coffee. Coffee. Okay. Exactly. And then we just launched another product, brand new, hot off the press, which is a um, an NA beer. So in certain places, we have to say brew because you're not allowed to call non-alcoholic beer, beer. Um, But for this purpose, I think we can say beer. But it's a non-alcoholic beer. It's an IPA. Okay. And the brand is Witch Doctor. Have you heard of Witch Doctor? My my husband is an IPA fanatic. I I know. I don't like them. I think they take weird and grassy, but he loves them. And I've tasted them everywhere because that's all he ever orders. But I've definitely seen that. That yeah. <laughs> so Witch Doctor is a, a glass blowing studio in Salem. Oh, that one. Oh, sorry. There's a Witch yes. Doctor beer. No, I know Witch Doctor because yep. I've seen them at events. I've seen them at uh, the golf event I went to, the Green Goddess yep. tournament. They had something set up out front and they were actually blowing little, I guess they're like little bowls. It was really cool to watch yeah, what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Sorry. I, yeah, got, so I thought, this I thought it was a beer conversation. <laughs> this is in yeah. collaboration with them, which um, is really fun because they've got such a great following. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a great brand, so it's really been fun. So that, what are they doing with the collaboration? They're designing. So they are, they've just worked with us to develop it using, using their branding and looping us into their 70,000 followers. So yeah, that's good. It's a fun, they've, they've been friends and business colleagues with the founders of the drinkable company for years. So it's kind of one big family. Yeah, that's they got they're uh, they have great stuff. You should look up their website. So all right, so they got a lot of products. You got the guys doing mm-hmm. their thing, and so you did talk a little bit about your own what your uses for it. But I know your dad was a doctor, and you were kind of surprised. When, again, this is like this always this thing when you come out to the family, what you're doing and how they react and what they're going to yeah. say to you. You're never quite sure. So do you want to sort of share what your dad's reaction was and how he felt sure. when you tra- transitioned into this world? Yeah, sure. My yeah. my dad. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was very old school orthopedic surgeon, obviously in the in the medical realm. And I remember sitting on the porch with him one day and we, we were talking about marijuana. I can't remember how it came up, but I admitted that I smoked marijuana and he looked at me and then he said, well, I think it's better for you than alcohol. And I was shocked. You know, he's he admitted that he tried it in college, didn't like it, but that um, it would probably be better if he had liked it <clears throat> and didn't um, drink so much. So, And it kind of goes back to the alcohol. It's like, what is socially acceptable? Yeah. But it's not necessarily the thing that's good for you. And what is kind of seems to be dangerous, apparently, based on what we're learning now, is actually helping you heal and feel better about yourself and do interesting things. So. Exactly. To move on. All right. So you're also a mom. Your kids are older, right? How old are your kids? Yep. My kids are 22 and 19. And so you, I do kind of joke about when I kind of, my kids are teenagers and I was like, kids, everything I know about pot is wrong. And they were psyched. <laughs> so did you have to have a, a moment with them or was it always part yeah. of your life or like what happened it, with your kids? Sort of a gradual thing. Although I, I will tell you a little story when our daughter was seven, when the kids were little, my husband and I smoked in the basement, we opened a window and, and, and that's where we smoked. And we didn't, we didn't think the kids could smell it or if they could, that they wouldn't 
think anything of it. And uh, our daughter, when she was seven, said one day, why does our house always smell like a skunk? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> we looked at each other and went, oh, I guess we better not smoke in the basement anymore. <laughs> that is so funny. I, yeah, people yeah. Come, I, I've had people come into my house and I have a full porch. I have a can of porch. I talk about it, but it is connected to the house. And so I'm always worried. I'm like, does my house smell like skunk and cats and smoke? Like what? <laughs> but I think it's fine. People come in and say it's nice. I, I don't yeah. know. The whole smoking thing, people hate the smell. It's kind of an interesting stigma that is carried with it. And people who are in the industry love it. Because I remember asking somebody once, because if you work in a dispensary or if you even work in a grow facility, you just kind of like, that's kind of your scent. That's how you smell all the time. Yeah. So you have to embrace it. And I remember saying this to somebody and he's like, I love the smell. Like it's just to him, that is just a wonderful smell. So it's all in your head, people. Like what is good and what is bad. Yeah. That's so funny. And, and now both of our kids are well aware. They smoke, we smoke. It was slower with our, our first kid. We didn't really talk about it too much until she was probably already in college. But with our son, it was already, it was already out in the open by then. So so do you think, I mean, I think this is true. I'm not, cause my kids are 25 and 22 now. So I feel like we're nicer to each other. We talk to each other. Like we were in lockdown, like during the pandemic, I always say I'd rather be in lockdown with a stoner than a drinker. That's what I yeah. learned. And we were, we had a lot of people in this house. We're all in here and we were nice to each other. We were pretty calm. So I do think there's something about older, I don't know, parents having a relationship that's different with their kids when they get older and they can have this kind of relaxed relationship with them. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they think you're cooler than you really are because you're still going to like go back into your mom mode. You can't help yourself. <laughs> Everything in moderation, children. <laughs> I know. Even if you're out there having a good time with them, you'd be like, you really want to eat that? I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't want to get stoned with your mom. All right. So I guess, actually, I'm going to like, I'm going to shift. I'm going to talk to Beth. So Kate will be back on the other side. They're still talking to Kate Thomas, CMO of the Drinkable Company. And we're going to talk to Beth Mitho of the North Atlantic Seed. She's another main connection and she has a great caregiver story, but we're going to talk about seeds and feminized seeds and how we get our seeds. And I don't know, I don't really understand. Again, I not really know how to grow stuff, but she does. So we're going to talk to her about what we're doing. And I told you earlier, I got my own seeds from her. I'm going to try again. I'm excited to try. So welcome, Beth. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys today. Awesome show. Thank you. Um, all right, let's just talk a little bit about, let's just talk about you being a caregiver. How did you kind of get in? I know you said there's a story 2012, you were growing plants, but maybe how you use caregiving to connect you into the world of seeds and clones. Yeah, so I, I did start caregiving in 2012, fresh out of out of college. And a few years in, the market was starting to get more flooded. And so I decided at that point I needed a, a niche. And so I... I started main clone company at that time and essentially we just got to grow all kinds of genetics i mean we probably had 100 different strains going at any given time and we would just sell hunt those and sell the best the best cuts to our clients here in maine so that kind of got me super interested in genetics and in 2019, a couple years after starting Maine Clone, I started reaching out to some of the breeders that I really loved and started carrying some seeds. And as soon as we did that, it just took on a life of its own. And so from there, I started North Atlantic Seed. And then just October 13th, we 
finally launched what I think is like the pinnacle of all of this, which is our own breeding business. So Dirty Bird Genetics that we've been working on for three years, just breeding our, our own genetics. Wow. All right. So I don't know anything, know anything about science or genetics, but I talk to a lot of people who do. So I don't the biology, the chemistry, all the milk, whatever it is, I, I don't understand how this works. So how do you get seeds that are feminized? Maybe that's like the first question. Just I, I, yeah. I know it's a feminine plant, That's but how does this how does this even work? Can you tell us that in five minutes or less? <laughs> you get seeds that are feminized the exact same way that you get regular male, female seeds in practice, right? The only difference is that you have to, you're working with two female plants. Female plants, of course, produce the bud, the flowers, right? Male plants produce pollen and that's that's it. So you you start with two female plants one of them is going to be your donor. It's going to be the plant that pollinates the others. And you, the way we do it, at least, we spray the, the donor plant with STS spray, which is just a combination of distilled water, silver nitrate, and sodium thiosulfate. Very, it sounds sciencey and complicated, but it's actually very easy to mix up, easy, easily accessible ingredients. So you spray that plant and it suppresses ethylene, which is the female hormone in that plant. And rather than producing buds, it's going to now produce male male parts, so pollen sacs. Um, so we usually we'll put the donor plant in a few weeks before the plants we want to pollinate. We spray them down. They, within a few weeks, we'll start making pollen sacs and then we throw in our females and the rest is history. They, they do it themselves, right? They, the pollen kind of goes everywhere and eight, eight weeks later, you've got seeds and they and they're again so people are listening who don't understand so if you're the female plant is the one that actually has the bud so you want to grow female plants so when you're buying seeds and aren't you're not cheap they're little you want to make sure that the plants you're getting are actually female they're going to produce bud right yeah Yeah. not not lots of yeah i mean feminized seeds have really revolutionized growing i think it makes it so much easier for home growers to grow they don't have to look out for male plants and waste waste all that time so they're pretty pretty nice in that way and and i did get some although okay so let's kind of go back to the seed company again like anything any business any industry there are good players and bad players i getting seeds seems a little bit mysterious honestly to most people but they can be transported across state lines right there and yeah so the beauty of seeds is that they do not inherently contain any thc so they're federally considered hemp as of this time, and you you can. I wouldn't recommend buying them from outside of the U.S. They will likely get seized by customs uh, unless you're lucky. Um, but inside the U.S., yes. And how many? Again, how, how many seed companies do? do I, is there a sense of like how many seed companies are across the country? I remember when I first started doing this, it was that first step, like. How do you find seeds? Like, where do they come from? And then who do you get them from? And it was like all like a little underground. I went to my friend who had a, a wellness shop and she could get them from a dude. And <laughs> but oh, yeah. then then I just ordered these from you. And I'm like, that was really easy. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Changed a lot in the past few years. But I mean, there's I wouldn't be surprised if there were thousands of breeders making okay. seeds across the U.S. At North Atlantic, we carry 
about 50, a little over 50 breeders. And we really, I mean, I care about genetics. I care about who we carry. Uh, I want to be able to stand behind them. So, I mean, I think we have a well-curated line. Because, yeah, I mean, seeds are not all created equally, right? There's a lot more to the process than just pollinating things. And so you do want to do your due diligence and make sure the the breeder you're buying from has a good reputation. So so I love the idea that this is a female-owned, female plant, the whole the whole gambit. Are you unusual in the industry? Who Again, I, I talk to women in the industry. When I meet men, my joke is, oh, my God, you're here too? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so but you're a woman doing the seed work up i don't know what you're seeing where are people coming in are you training people are you bringing up the next generation where are you in this world yeah i mean i think we are unique in my experience not only in being woman-owned but also just in how we run our business we have we're pretty much entirely family and friend run there's 25 of us and I care a whole lot about about my my crew, and I I think we're unique in that way, right? We want everyone to be thriving, and we just have an amazingly loyal crew of people. So, but it's it's that women thing that I don't know. I don't, it's the caregiving thing. It's the idea that industry that's new, it's being built from scratch. We're making the rules now. We're creating the policies. We're deciding how it's going to look. Can be mm. created in the image of the caregiver. We can make decisions because. Women are still people, like I said at the beginning of the show. We still have rights. We can still do things. And there's a whole generation of us who, you know, we were really well educated. We really believed all that stuff that we could do everything the boys did. Not always work, but we were here and we're creating a whole nother generation. And you're just doing things a little bit differently because it should be done a little bit differently. And it's kind of nice to see because seeds are really an important part of this. You're going to be, and we talk about home grow all the time. So if you can't even access seeds that are quality, how are you going to begin that journey? So this is really, it's great. It's good to know. And, and uh, do you want to give any shout outs to any of your favorite strains that you grow or anything that you're excited that's coming up or something I don't even know to ask you about seeds that you think is great for me to understand? <laughs> well, yeah, we obviously just launched Dirty Birds first volume. Right. So strains. And so my, for the past three years, we've been, I mean, we've probably tested at least a hundred of our own strains to to pick out these six strains that we release. So I, I guess I've been quite immersed in our own genetics recently, and I'm very excited about all of the the strains we just re- released: the Dirty Mimosa, Black Phoenix. But what are things about? What can you name like the top two things you love about a strain that what really excites you when you find something about it? For sure, for me, I get very excited by terpenes. So. Mm smells that come from plants and that's actually the breeding project that we we have we're planning right now our next project is entirely terpene focused so I'm, I'm excited about that and then the quality I'm definitely a quality over quantity person and I like it to be sugary and look pretty and so that also excites me <laughs> and it, it's a beautiful plant she's a beautiful plant we don't even most people don't even know this i i gotta say when i got into this i had no idea she was a plant i didn't know it was a bud i did nothing about it right i know it's it's a whole new world once you crack open and start getting into it it's it's a rabbit hole but oh. it's pretty awesome I, i'm excited to start again i did try last year i had some other issues going on my dog wasn't well and he was down the whatever there was a lot of drama with my grow area but now it's fine and it's getting to be winter. It's winter here. It's dark. So this is a really great project for me to have. So I'm excited to start with my, I'm doing purple marmalade. So yeah. Is- so 
is one of my favorite breeders. They're awesome. They're actually in some of the genetics that we just released. So I think you'll be happy with, with that pack. Thank you. Well, I'll keep, I'll keep you folk. I'll keep you in the loop. All right. And I do little videos because everyone's got to see what I'm doing. It's so funny. All right. So if somebody wants to connect with you or get seeds from you, or what's the best way to reach you, Beth? Yeah. So they, you can go on our website, northatlanticseed.com and we, we ship anywhere in the U.S. We ship out the same day, typically, that we receive the order. And you'll find Dirty Bird Genetics on there as well, as well as their own website, dirtybirdgenetics.com. So, yeah, I welcome anyone to go on, reach out if you have any questions. We try to be very personable with everyone that we work with. So happy to talk and help anyone. That's great. And are you going to be at any of the um, events coming up in Massachusetts or in the area? I know there's yeah, the Harvest Cup yeah. and Nikan and all those. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be at Harvest Cup, which is oh, uh, coming right up um, weekend. Yeah. A couple yeah. days. Um, we'll and... see you. I'm going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try to hit all the local Nikan shows too. Um, okay. Yeah. We love the trade shows. All right. So we'll just follow up. So if you need seeds, you want to grow your own. It's a great winter project. I totally recommend it. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing that bit of information. And if you want to learn more, look them up on our website. Thank you, Beth. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. All right. So we are going to be back with Kate. Let's talk about your personal journey. You did a little bit in the beginning. You said you and your husband consume in the basement and the kids can smell it and you <laughs> the migraines. But did you, when did you understand that it actually could be used for wellness? Like there's another way to consume it. And that maybe some of the things that we're told we have to take pharmaceuticals for or do suffer through or whatever. Did you, when did you start to understand how that worked in your own life? Yeah, well, I guess it it really started when it became medically available here in Maine, where I live. And I did with my migraines, I did actually go to a, a, a caregiver a medical doctor who prescribes cannabis. So I did get a prescription pretty early on for my migraines. And it really helps obviously with the nausea that comes with the migraines. So is that, yeah. So like, how did it, like, what, what, what did you think was going to help with? What symptom did you think it was going to help with? I was kind of, I, I was hoping it would help more with the pain part of it, but I was really happy that it helped with the nausea because that is just, if you have that on top of the pain, it's just double whammy. I mean, again, like with the specifics, I mean, I, I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't really understand how this can be used all the time, but I do understand that it has receptors in our system and it's good for inflammation. And I have heard a lot about pain management and nausea. I mean, I've heard a lot of, they talk about pregnant women who are trying to use this for their nausea. So these are things I keep hearing over and over again. So if that's something you're suffering from or thinking about and listening, no, this is an option for you to consider, right? Yeah. yeah. And they have, they've even come a long way since then uh, with the different, different strains for different purposes and, and also there's, there are all the different, different healing qualities of the different cannabinoids. And so, so there, it's really, it's a lot of science. I can't it even is. understand what it is, but I know the doctor that I went to, this guy, Dustin Sulak. Have yeah. You heard of him? yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So he was actually where I got my prescription and, and now I've noticed he has a whole line. line yeah, the healer, yeah. I think it's called. It's yeah, cool. and then they're very medicinal. They come with instructions. They're not just like a fun packaging. They actually have dosage on there, so you know what you're supposed to be taking. <laughs> it's exactly. like something that's supposed to supplement your health, and it's not just something to, I don't know, 
it's a funny idea, adult use and recreational use. I don't know. It's all health and wellness. It's hard to talk about it. Like just it's like just fun because even if you think you're just using it for fun, you're still probably helping yourself in some way. That's yes. why you're using it. Yeah. All right. And um, I, have, I have not tried CBN yet, and I really, I really want to explore that. All my friends, I bring them to dispensaries now. Everyone's like sleep. I need something for sleep. So a lot yep. of the gummies have CBN now. All right. So let's go back to um, where are your products available. If someone's in Massachusetts or Maine, where if they're looking for these, if there's something they want to find, how can they find them? Where are they? Yeah. Yeah, well, if you go to our website, which is .com, um, we do have a locator map on there that you can see what stores are carrying. It's not separated out by brand, so I would check. But but what we have done is linked it directly with the stores menu. Oh, so you can see what's on the stores menu. All right. Yep. So, so check the menu of the store that you can, you can go to our website and see if a store is, is listed. And then there's a direct link that just takes you to their, um, to their menu. And you're, uh, you're in Maine and Massachusetts most right now. Yes. Is that true? Yep. Okay. Maine and Mass. Yep. And are you all over Massachusetts? Both, yes. Both um, coasts or whatever. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, primarily in the, in the Boston area, mm-hmm. that's the most concentrated. I, I, Area. The beverages are just, again, I talk to a lot of my friends who don't want to smoke, but they do want to have something that's an alternative to alcohol, especially as we get older, because alcohol really isn't that great for us. But it feels very normal to be drinking something and talking to your friends and hanging out, which I think is really the beauty of these beverages. Absolutely. All right. So just one more. What is your favorite? I don't always ask it all the time, but what's your favorite way to consume cannabis now? Do you have, and it has a change since you started working in the drinking world yeah it has actually it's and it's definitely beverage because for that very reason that you can get together with friends and you're having a celebratory drink with with your friends you can pack them in a cooler and go to the beach it's it's just anywhere you would take a beer or or spiked whatever so that's what's kind of nice about it I think is is and you get to sip it with an edible. It's you eat it and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not. A, it's not an experience. And so your house doesn't smell like skunk anymore. Is that what you're telling exactly. me? Exactly. Yeah. And, and the other nice thing about the beverages is the the onset because because it's digested differently in your body. The beverage. I think the beverages are digested sooner, so you can the the onset is is twenty minutes or under. Whereas with an edible, sometimes you have to wait an hour or two before you get the effect. I mean, that's all science too. It's all, it's metastasized. It turns into a different molecule. It's all sorts of things that happen. So it isn't, there's so much to learn. We're in the infancy of this industry on so many levels, but people are stepping in and making these products and trying to help, I don't know, advance the conversation and just normalize it. So I think we're out on time. So Kate, what's the best way if they want to reach you, connect with you, find the drinkables, what's the best way to reach out? Yeah, I would go to our website, which is www.drinkableco.com. And pretty much you can get to all of our brands that way. You can get to us that way. You can communicate with us. There's a form you can fill out for more information. If you want to sell it in your store, there's a link for that. So I'll be always in the show notes because that's what we do in the show notes. All right. I'm excited to try them. They sound great, especially the coffee one. I mean, the caffeine one, the more like the caffeine, a little THC. I actually don't do that that often. So maybe that's what I need. 
Give me an irrational sense of possibility and I'll be calm. I don't really know how that's going to work. All right. <laughs> it's a whole new world. Well, let, me right. know. let me I know. Will... I, I want to hear about it. So. All right. Um, all right. So thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate, for joining right. us. And thank you, Beth, for joining us. And that is another show. So I just want to thank you. And thank you. And from my guest and my Canna Bro, David Yaz, and of course, our Canna Mom Show team, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to the Canna Mom Show. We're on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving the stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for sharing and preserving these stories so that together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canna Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why is an endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.